1: Here comes a lightning bolt. Charger fans are witnesses
0: to history. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle.
1: Go Chargers, go.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to our first edition of the 53-man roster prediction. We are doing it a little early, before the third preseason game, so we're going to get our guesses in and probably do one more before the Chargers finally release their 53. But first, we got a bunch of people joining the Patreon, so I want to give a quick little shout-out before we begin. Uh, I'll start off here. A uh, big shout-out to Christian Lowe.
1: Thank you to Charles E.
0: Joe Cruz. Jarrett Starnes. Dante Jackson. Andrew Daniel Lay,
1: David Drogemeyer,
0: Scott Richardson, Jay-Z, and DB. So two letters, Jay-Z and then DB. So thank you, everybody. Join the Patreon. Appreciate it. Uh, it's going to be a fun ride here as the season is about to start in the Discord. So if you haven't already, go ahead and join over there. And just remember everything we do in the Discord, at least all the information we get, because I know a lot of people were upset that we're putting it in our Discord it'll eventually get out. Eventually. Everybody gets it. So just thanks everybody for joining and we appreciate all of you. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you all for joining. And like Garrett said, anything that that hits the discord eventually makes its way onto the show. It's just a matter of kind of how sensitive it is and how long we think we should wait before we release it. For sure.
0: And all the JC Jackson news is already out on the injury updates. So everybody's got a uh, update on that from everybody else now. So we're all good. So Jamie, we're going to go ahead and get into this thing. Let's go ahead and just start. And um, it's real easy to begin with because for special teams, which is what we want to get out of the way first, there are no other players on the rosters at their positions. So it's Dustin Hopkins, JK Scott as a punter, Josh Harris as the long snapper. That's all locked in. That's really easy.
1: Yeah. Pretty straightforward. (laughs) There's no competition for those guys. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Let's move on.
0: Yeah. And now let's go straight to offense. And right before we do, because I'll let Jamie go ahead and start with quarterbacks. This is what we think the team is going to do. This is not what Garrett and Jamie are going to do, what we would do with the 53. But from what we've seen in preseason training camp, what we heard from Brandon Staley, Tom Telesco, this is what we think they will do when they release their 53. So, Jamie... With that setup, let's talk about quarterbacks.
1: All right. Well, this is pretty straightforward. We know from (laughs) Tom Telesco's comments during the preseason game last week that the Chargers plan on keeping three quarterbacks. The only real question is who will be QB2 and who will be QB3. So we know the Chargers are going to roll into the regular season with some combination of Justin Herbert, Chase Daniel, and Easton Stick on the active roster. Two of those guys will be active. One will be inactive. Um, You know, we're two years into the same position battle with stick and Daniel and nobody really seems to be standing out. So I would say right now, probably pretty safe bet that Daniel wins QB two, but all three will be on the roster for sure.
0: Yeah. So not something we would do. We've said it in the past, but we're past that now. Uh, it's going and Telesco and Staley have both said on separate occasions that they have a role for all three of these quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, Chase Daniel, Easton Stick. Uh, in no way shape or form should Chase Daniel or Easton Stick ever see the field unless Justin Herbert goes down. Uh, I sure hope that that whole talk about having a role for those three is maybe a role in like the QB room uh, during film study, during practice. Any of that is fine with me. When you put either of those two players on the field with Justin Herbert perfectly healthy, that is a bad decision. Never take Justin Herbert off the field. He's too good. So I've got the same three quarterbacks chargers, keeping Justin Herbert, chase Daniel and Easton stick. So we agree there, Jamie. All right. So next up is running back. And this is also something that, that I would not do. And we're going to roll full back into this too, by the way. Um, but I, we know Austin Eckler's a starter. We know Joshua Kelly right now has kind of earned that, made a case at least, for that RB3. I think when we roll into week one, he might be RB2 early on, especially with Isaiah Spiller being week-to-week, but I think that'll take care of itself, and we'll see a lot more Spiller as the season goes on. So Isaiah Spiller austin eckler joshua kelly Um, roundtree shouldn't be a part of this group but telesco has said they are going to keep those four running backs so you're going to see austin eckler isaiah spiller joshua kelly and larry roundtree and then for fullback in this group i think Xander horvath has had a really nice camp gabe neighbors has kind of been quiet all through camp of the preseason also without Uh, neighbors having that real special teams role anymore i think with horvath being the recent pick and how he's done in the preseason i've got uh xander horvath over gabe neighbors as the fullback so i've got five in this group austin eckler isaiah spiller joshua joshua kelly excuse me larry roundtree and then xander horvath
1: yeah i had the same group uh Telesco said they were going to keep four running backs. He didn't necessarily say they were going to keep those four, but I think those are the four they keep because mm. nobody behind them is any good. No. So uh-uh. not that Roundtree is any good either, but he was a recent draft pick and they seem determined to find a role for him or find a reason to keep him. So it seems like Eckler, Kelly, Spiller, and Roundtree will be the four halfbacks. And I agree with Horvath. Uh you add to that, you know comments by Daniel Popper saying that he feels like Horvath was drafted to be a core special teamer. And that's a role that, um, that Gabe neighbors hasn't really filled as often as they thought he would when they kept him last year. Mm-hmm. I think Horvath is going to make this team. So those are the five running backs.
0: Yeah. And just of this group, uh, like you were mentioning, I mean, I, all full disclosure, I was. Very happy, and I thought there was going to be a pretty big competition with Letty Brown and Kevin Marks for the practice squad spot. Uh, That was before the preseason. Since the preseason, I don't think they've made a case at all for the practice squad. I don't think they're even good enough to keep around. I think you could find somebody else to fill that role if you wanted it. So while keeping Brown or Marks would be just fine, um, I don't see any of those cracking the 53, and I'm not even sure they really would crack the practice squad if it were me. So, you know, Um, both of which I had high hopes for, uh, neither of which I'd really keep on the practice squad if it were me.
1: Yeah. I think one of them probably does stick on the practice squad just to have somebody on the practice squad, but, um, that's all it is. It's just a warm body for the most part. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think the big question is really how that RB two role is going to fill out. It seems like the team is really dedicated to the idea of giving Kelly every opportunity to win that job. And now with Isaiah Spiller dealing with the ankle injury from last week, mm-hmm. it seems like Kelly now has a pretty firm grip on the RB2 role. We know Kelly, whenever, whenever they're rotating guys in with the first group in camp, Kelly got most of the snaps with, with the first-team offense at running back, so it seems like he's going to break camp as the RB2. I think you probably see Spiller as kind of a you know a short yardage, maybe a fourth-quarter closer type, maybe see him in goal-line packages, and I think ultimately the goal is to have him expand into that RB2 role and have him and Eckler on the same field together so they can.
0: And he's frozen. Jamie's chunked out and
1: younger, I'm... stronger spiller.
0: Good. Okay. You froze there for a little bit, but, but we got most of it. So, all right, well, we agree with the uh, running backs or the halfbacks at least. So let's move on to wide receiver. Jamie, how many do you have him keeping?
1: I have him keeping five. Um, not what I would do, but I think they're going to leave themselves with no choice, but to keep five because of the way they're putting together other roster spots. So I have the chargers keeping Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer as the clear wide receiver three in this offense, Jalen Guyton and Deandre Carter. Um, I know everybody loves Michael Bandy. I've enjoyed watching him play. I think he is probably one of the more deserving, you know, quote unquote, bottom of the roster candidates on this team. Uh, he has earned a roster spot, but because of the stupid dumbass way, they're going to construct quarterback <laughs> and running back they're and, and probably tight end out of necessity. They're not going to be able to keep six wide receivers. And I think Bandy probably loses a spot. He really should wind up getting.
0: Okay. Well, this is where we're going to differ because uh, I mean, we know Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer, Deandre Carter, all locks to make the roster. Uh, Jalen Guyton up and down this camp, but, You know, uh, I think they're going to like to keep him as depth, which uh, they probably should. But with as good as Michael Bandy has been this offseason and throughout the preseason, I just don't know that you can put him on the waiver wire and think that you can maybe sneak him onto the practice squad. So it seems to me every year Tom Telesco keeps one guy, one or two guys that have earned a spot and they keep them and then maybe a week or two later or a couple days later they end up cutting them uh sneaking them in that second third wave of free agents there and then sneak them out the practice squad i think this is one of those make good with a guy that you has earned a spot throughout camp and throughout the preseason and they keep six wide receivers and michael bandy's one of them which means i'm gonna have to cut later and we'll get to that but i've got them keeping six keenan allen mike williams Joshua Palmer, DeAndre Carter, Jalen Guyton, Michael Bandy. Um, so I got Bandy being this year's candidate to make that 53 because he's earned it. And then also, I think Trevon Bradford is a strong practice can, uh, squad candidate. And like Jamie and I both agree here, they're going to finally cut ties with wideouts like Joe Reed and Jason Moore this time around.
1: Yeah, neither one of those guys has really earned a spot. More flashed. I mean, uh, Reed flashed quickly in week one and then was mm-hmm. quickly gone again. <laughs> Sorry, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I if they do keep six, it's going to be Bandy. I just don't know how they do that. I think there are other guys who have earned spots who may or may not be able to get them, who they might choose to keep over Bandy. So um, we'll see how that plays out. But yep. he's and definitely I'll, deserving.
0: Okay. And I'll tell you where I cut a little bit later on. So... All right, tight end, uh, you you kind of alluded to it. Uh, They're going to have to keep an extra one here. Gerald Everett, the starter, we know Donald Parham, Trey McKitty are going to be there as some depth role players this year. But because Donald Parham and Trey McKitty haven't been able to stay healthy, they're going to have to keep a fourth tight end. And none of the tight ends have really made enough noise to say, hey, we got to keep this guy. But I think by default, Hunter Campmoyer, with his special teams contribution last year and how important that fourth tight end spot would be for a special teams type role. I think they end up keeping camp Moyer as a tight end four. I think Sage Surratt has uh, made some plays. Uh, Croman Hoke has been all but quiet. So I think they go with a guy who's familiar with the system. He has a special teams value and that's camp Moyer for me. So I think once uh, cuts happen, I think this is a spot. This tight end four, you might be able to get a depth guy in tight end that might be able to help on special teams too, and hit up that waiver wire for that fourth tight end, and then sneak camp, uh, sneak Camp Moyer onto your practice squad later. So this is a spot I think they could probably go in the waiver wire, dip in there, and find some kind of veteran presence, maybe even some special teams value with a young guy um, over Camp Moyer who has done next to nothing uh, this off and in training camp, but has special teams value. And did it last year. So I think by default, they keep Gerald Everett, Donald Parham, Trey McKitty, and then Hunter Camp Moyer.
1: Yeah, I think this is pretty straightforward. Um, They have to keep a fourth tight end because they still don't know what they have in Parham or McKitty over the course of a full season. Um, And neither one of them has been healthy for the majority of camp. So they have to keep camp Moyer. I don't think the other tight ends have really done anything to earn that spot. And Camp Moyer has been running with the ones on special teams for the most part throughout camp. So I think that kind of tells you what they're thinking. Seems like they're looking for a reason to keep him. Uh, and I think they will. So Hunter Camp mm-hmm. Moyer stays as the fourth tight end. I've got Everett, Parham, McKitty, and Camp Moyer as my four tight ends.
0: There you go. We agree there. Okay. Offensive line. This is the last of the offense here. Offensive line. How many got them keeping?
1: Nine. Same. Have them keeping nine offensive linemen. Uh, They're keeping, obviously, Rashawn Slater, Matt Filer, Corey Lindsley, Zion Johnson, and Trey Pipkins, who, based on everything being reported out of camp this week, it seems like Pipkins is kind of strengthening his grip on that starting right tackle job. Yep. Uh, I think it was a foregone conclusion going into camp. There was very little chance Jordan Norton was going to beat him out unless Pipkins just completely fell flat. And Pipkins has at least been serviceable through the preseason, whereas I think Norton has struggled a lot more um, mm-hmm. in the preseason. So those are your five starting offensive linemen. And then, and in terms of the backups, they keep storm Norton cause they have no other tackle we're keeping. Yep. Um, Jamari Salier, who I would still love to see play some right tackle, maybe in the third game of the preseason will Clapp and Brendan Hymus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I got the same nine. Um, yeah, it's, it's nice to see Pipkins at least kind of, uh, uh, widening that gap a little bit with right tackle because it was very close for a little bit too long. I mean, they gave Norton every chance he could, but uh, it it wasn't like Trey Pipkins ran away with the job early on. But he was, uh, I agree with Jamie, definitely better than Storm Norton throughout this preseason. So uh, he'll be your starting right tackle uh, come week one. I've also so Storm Norton, same swing tackle, uh, Jamari Sawyer, Brennan Hymas, and then Will Clapp as your backup center. Uh, there just hasn't been any other offensive linemen that even like pushed any of these guys. Nobody really stood out. There wasn't really a competition. This was kind of the group you thought would make it and nobody else kind of went backwards or forward. They all just kind of stayed pat and this is the group you're going to have. But I will say that throughout camp and in the preseason, Will Clapp has been an absolute liability uh, with the twos and threes. And I I would not be surprised and if it were me, I'd look at the waiver wire and look for that backup center because he's a veteran and at this point if you're not, you know, separating yourselves in these twos and threes, I think you might be able to find somebody who might be able to do that as just as a backup center and kind of an insurance plan for if Corey Lindsley ever goes down, so I've got I got them keeping Slater, Filer, Lindsley, Johnson, Pipkins, Norton, Sawyer, Hymas, and Will Clapp as well. But I would not be surprised if they went after another center and just dropped Will Clapp.
1: Yeah, I think another spot where they might be able to make an make an upgrade is Brendan Hymas. I know he was a recent draft pick, but I don't feel like he's really done anything to stand out in the preseason. No, he hasn't. Uh oh. Don't remember seeing him flash or make any great blocks. Um, I think he had some struggles last week in the second preseason game. So he's a guy who I think they're going to keep because they're invested in him mm-hmm. and they feel like they're developing him. But maybe if a if a veteran, God, please don't let it be Michael Schofield, but maybe if a veteran <laughs> shows up that they feel can fill that spot better, maybe maybe they decide that Hymas isn't the answer and they, they bring in another kind of swing interior lineman. But mm-hmm. for sure, those are two spots with, clap and high Miss that i think they could look to make a move on the waiver wire depending on what happens the first wave of cuts
0: yeah and high Miss did practice some center i saw some in camp too so if they wanted to get another veteran guard swing uh high Miss into center and get rid of clap they could do that too but yeah those two guys have just uh haven't done enough to really cement themselves as as backup and earning that 53 spot but uh, nobody else has pushed them for that so they're gonna make the roster and we'll see when cuts come if they're gonna replace any of them
1: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week
0: you're hear us in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports
1: media and entertainment
0: that is a harsh lesson in business.
1: Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify.
0: Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. All right. So defense, we're going to start interior defensive line, work our way out to DBs. And on the defensive line, I've got five. Uh, we know SJD, Austin Johnson, and T Dora locks. Morgan Fox has been with the starters all throughout camp, so he is in. And the last spot comes down to Jerry Tillery, Christian Covington, Brennan Fajoco, and Joe Gaziano. And while Covington was a fine veteran piece last year, I think without how late he played in that game last week, and Jerry Tillery for that matter, I think their spots are pretty much in jeopardy. Jerry Tillery has been ineffective with the twos and threes. He's been, uh, he has done nothing as a pass rusher, got in the backfield once and he's getting run over in the run game. They're just running it right at him uh, a couple times. So he is being completely ineffective and going the wrong way. And I think Brenda Fajoko has progressed enough to be a depth defensive lineman. But I think with keeping three quarterbacks and four running backs he is my, one of my last cuts here. And I'm going with Joe Gazziano. I'm giving him the edge. He continues to impress as that 6D lineman, which means the Chargers cut Christian Covington. They cut Jerry Tillery. Um, I do think a guy like Carlo Kemp... Uh, Car- yeah, I almost said Carlos. I want to say Carlos because it looks like Carlos, but there's no S. Carlo Kemp is worth a stash in the practice squad. So I went back and forth on Fajoko and Gaziano. I think the versatility of Gaziano a little bit, being able to play inside and out, and just that energy that we talked about uh, gives him a leg up over Fajoko, who kind of struggled last week. So I've got Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Morgan Fox, uh, Tito Abonia, and Joe Gaziano as my five defensive linemen.
1: I also have them keeping 5 Um mm-hmm. Our top four are the same. Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Morgan Fox, and Otito Abonia. I have them keeping uh, Braden Fejoko. I think I think it's really going to come down to who plays better this last preseason game between mm-hmm. Gaziano and Fejoko. Agreed. Fejoko was really good game week one of the preseason. Mm-hmm. He was pretty much invisible last week. Gaziano was borderline electric. <laughs> last week uh, as a pass rusher. And mm-hmm. I think if they're looking at Tillery as somebody who has pass rushing juice and they're trying to find a good reason to cut him and replace him, then Gaziano is the guy that they probably want to go with from a pass rushing perspective and from a versatility perspective. But I think they probably want to see one more game out of both Fehoko and Gaziano before they make a decision. Agreed. So right now I have Fehoko, but I think it could easily be Gaziano. I went back and forth on them as well. Yeah. Um, I think having that third pass rusher probably might ultimately win out, but I went with Fehoko for the purposes of this exercise.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's part of the reason why I went with them too. Just knowing that Tito's more of your run stuffing uh, interior defensive lineman, getting some more pass rush with Gaziano, I think will help. So I, I, just like you went back and forth with Fajoko and Gaziano, and it's really going to be this last game that decides that fifth and final defensive line spot. And we both agree, no Christian Covington and no Jerry Tillery.
1: Yep. Yeah. I thought Covington was kind of a lock to make the roster when they resigned him, but he has not played very well, and I think they've got younger, better options. And mm-hmm. Tillery is a guy who, I mean, he's been on the field, and you know he's on the field because he's getting run over in the running yeah. game. Um, but he has not been very productive. He's not been offering much as a pass rusher. Uh, and I think they've set themselves up to be able to move on without him. So, yeah. it's just, I mean, there's always a possibility he could have a great third game and lock a spot down as a former first round pick. But I just think Fejoko and Gaziano have shown better in the preseason and are more deserving of that spot. And I think one of them is going to get it.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right, then we agree. This is it for Jerry Tillery. All right. So edge rushers, how many you got?
1: I have them keeping four. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have them obviously keeping Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, and Chris Rumpf. Mm-hmm. And I went back and forth between Jamal Davis and Carlo Kemp because Kemp is on the roster as an edge player, mm-hmm. even though he's a little bit bigger than some of the edge players on the roster. He's kind of a hybrid. He's like plays like two eighty five, so he's a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, but I have them keeping Jamal Davis. I could see the argument for keeping either one. I think Davis had a really good week. Week two uh, had a couple tackles for loss and a quarterback hit. He's shown up a little bit in both games. I think. You know, the technique isn't there. He doesn't use his length real well, but he's a UDFA for a reason. And he's at least got some traits. You know, we, we talk about JT Woods, the team drafting JT Woods for traits. I think Fox is a, not Fox, uh, Jamal Davis is a guy they could very well keep for traits. So mm-hmm. it could go either way, but I think they started camp with Davis having the inside track. I think Carlo Kemp has worked his way up to certainly being on the practice squad and might sneak his way onto the roster. But I think at the end of the day, they go with, with Davis who's kind of a more pure stand-up edge rusher for this system than Carlo Kemp is.
0: Yeah. And both Kemp and Davis leapfrogging a Mech egg Boule, who basically had that edge four spot, but has fallen down that depth chart. So uh, I agree with you. I think egg uh, Boule gets cut too. So uh, this is where I made my cuts. I added an extra wide receiver, Michael Bandy, and I have them keeping three edge players, and I'll tell you why. So it's Joy Bosa, Khalil Mack, and then Chris Rumpf has obviously earned a role as a situation pass rusher. So I have them keeping three edge rushers because uh, we know that uh, Van Oy will be playing the inside linebacker, but uh, will also be rushing off the edge from time to time as well. You've also got guys like Kenneth Murray who can rush off the edge, Joe Gaziano who could also— Kenny? Well, I mean— it. He has in the past. He's got He's been experience. He's been asked to rush <laughs> off the edge. Yes. As a depth guy uh we're talking about the fifth edge here um and then also joe gaziano who who rushed off the edge in college and has rushed off the edge uh sparingly but uh can do it as well so i think the team can afford to have quote-unquote three edge players in name only knowing that there's some other guys on this roster that can fit in if injuries occur or they need a fourth pass rusher and they've got a lot of other versatility uh, in this db group that can rush off the edge so um, I, so I have them keeping three. I think Jamal Davis. Both Jamal Davis and Carlo Kemp, while I mentioned uh, Kemp with the defensive lineman, both Kemp and Davis uh, should earn practice squad spots, uh, no doubt. And I think if they were going to keep a fourth edge rusher, I would have kept Jamal Davis. I agree with Jamie there over Carlo Kemp. Um, But in my scenario, I think they got to keep Michael Bandy so they can keep him on the roster and then swap him out later on for probably another uh, edge player. And so I have them keeping three, Bosa, Mack, and Rumpf. And that's where I made my cut. To add Michael Bandy.
1: That's ballsy only keeping three true edge rushers.
0: <laughs> well, if you've got a lot of, you got some versatility on this roster. So I'm, I'm okay with doing it right now.
1: So I'm now, not sure Tom Telesco's ballsy enough to do something like that.
0: I mean, they've, they've spared on position groups before last year. They did it with safety where they were very raw. I think they only kept three. Was it last year or the year before they only kept three safeties?
1: I think they kept four. That's four. Because uh, they had Web too.
0: I'll I'll look into it. But I uh, they they've done that before where they've kept a group so low that it kind of freaks out a little bit. But then they end up uh, evening things out a little bit later before week one. So all right. So I've got three there, and that's where I kind of made up for my Michael Bandy keep there. So linebacker, uh, I've got five: uh, Kyle Van Drew Tranquil. They're going to be on the field together a lot. Kenneth Murray's back. He's obviously going to make the 53. I think Troy Reader is a good bet to make it at some veteran depth, even though he's played throughout this preseason, kind of deep in games. I think he's locked in at that linebacker 3-4 spot. And then for me, it came down to Nick Neiman and Amin Ambangamiga for one spot. And I have them keep- keeping Nick Neiman. For special teams prowess, uh, Neiman was the team leader on special teams tackle. He was seventh in the league in that category last year. Uh, I think Bong. Uh, he was my absolute last cut. He was my fifty-fourth guy that I ended up having to swap out. So uh, I think Bong in my mind, has been playing pretty late in preseason, much like Covington. Um, I know they had plans for Amon, but he's been pretty quiet in camp, in games, and I think they need an extra DB because of this J.C. Jackson injury. So I had to make uh, Bong my very, very last cut. He was 54 on my list, so I ended up keeping five. Kyle Vanoy Drew Tranquil, Kenneth Murray, Troy Reader, Nick Neiman, and in that scenario, you move Amon to the practice squad.
1: Uh, I also have them keeping five. Uh, my top four are the same. Uh, I kept Amon over Nick Neiman. Okay. And I went back and forth on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see the reasoning for keeping Neiman over um, Amon because Neiman played more special team snaps last year, although Amon's special team snaps peaked towards the end of the year last year. Um, I think that they signed Troy Reader to take over that special teams linebacker role. I think he's going to be a core special teamer and that gives them some flexibility in what they want to do with that fifth linebacker spot. And in my opinion, I think um, Agbang Mamiga, he played more on defense than Neiman did last year. So if they have someone like a reader who they think is going to be a core special teamer, and they have someone they want to develop who they've already shown that they trust more on defense than they do Nick Neiman, I think they opt to keep that person who also has some special teams value. So I think the fact that um, Amon played more on defense last year, saw his special team snap increase towards the end of the year last year. I think I think Amon winds up getting that spot, and he is coming off of a six-tackle, two-run stop game last week against the Cowboys. So he did flash a couple times last week.
0: Sound reasoning, I totally understand. Like the Fajoco gaziano argument we had earlier, I think it comes down to the last preseason game, and I could easily see them going either way. If I'm general manager, I'm keeping Bong over Neiman, but I just think with this focus on special teams, I think they end up going that route, but I think this third game is going to be really, really important for both of them. I agree. So, we got our DBs here. Last two groups, corner and safety. Jamie, let's talk about corners. Who you got?
1: I have them te- keeping five corners, um, and I I don't think there's an opportunity to keep a sixth, and I don't think there is anybody beyond these five who really should be on the active roster. So my five are J.C. Jackson, Michael Davis, Asante Samuel Jr., Bryce Callahan, and Jaseer Taylor. Um, Taylor has been really good in practice and camp. Uh, he picked off Justin Herbert again yesterday. They <laughs> love him in the slot, and they feel like he can play some star and some money. And he's also looked pretty good at Gunner so far in the preseason, which is something that they've been searching for. So I think Taylor has that fifth cornerback spot locked up. I think it's pretty much a slam dunk that he's going to make the roster. And I don't think there's anybody behind him who can push him or is even worth keeping as a sixth corner. So those are my five. And I think you know if you're looking at things to watch for this week, um, you mentioned the linebacker battle with Neiman and Mm Amon. I think – the other battle to watch here is who's going to win that CB2 job because it seems like Michael Davis is f- strengthening his stranglehold on that position at this mm-hmm. point. Something yeah. we didn't expect coming into camp, but he has played all over the field, inside, outside. He's looked really good. He's had a couple pass breakups. He's tackling better. He just looks more comfortable and more confident. And we haven't seen as much of the same from Asante Samuel Jr. So mm-hmm. I think. That is one thing, that's one position battle that's still very much up for grabs, and I think that's going to be something that's interesting to watch uh, tomorrow night.
0: Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, good call, and I've got the same five. Um, Yeah, I think it's between Jasir Taylor, Dean Leonard, and Kamon Hall all fighting for one spot there, and Dean Leonard has had just way too many struggles to keep him on the 53. But I think once they cut him, he's an automatic for the practice squad because they drafted him. He, he, he needs some more time to develop for sure. So I think that's a guy you stash on the practice squad, but you don't keep on the 53. Come on, Hall might be a guy that you can make a case for uh, making the 53. Um, he pitched in in that DB group last year when they were decimated by injuries. Uh, he cleaned up on special teams last year, but... Jasir Taylor has flashed and looked better and made some real wow plays this preseason. You could really see the uh, athleticism and just how how quick he is to the ball, and it just feels like the game is really slowing down for him, and he's starting to really get into his groove. So I agree, Jasir Taylor is the fifth corner, and... You know, I thought about keeping Hall here as some kind of like J.C. Jackson insurance, but um, I just – I think I, there's another guy I ended up keeping in the safety group for some versatility. So um, whether J.C. Jackson's out week one, he's not going to be out long. So I think just keeping five here, you're all right. And uh, I think Dean Leonard and even on Hall could have a chance at practice squad.
1: Yeah, I think um, – I think Leonard definitely makes the practice squad. Mm-hmm. I think Kamon Hall is a guy who had a really good shot at making the team early in camp, Yeah, but has just been outplayed. And even with the growth that he showed on special teams last year and the way that he had to play, I think a lot more than anybody anticipated last year. I just think being a recent pick and with the way Taylor has played, Taylor is a lock to make the roster. And I'd love to see Hall make make the practice squad and get some more developmental time in the system.
0: For sure. All right, so last up here, I've got five safeties. Uh, Derwin James and Sierra Adderley are your starters. JT Woods is depth, and they obviously spent high draft capital on him, so he's in. Aloha Gilman has had a ton of work when Derwin's been out, uh, so he's a strong safety depth there. And I flipped back and forth on whether I wanted to keep Amen or Mark Webb, and I ended up going with Mark Webb as my 53rd player. Just because he's got some versatility. They had some big plans for him. He can't stay healthy, which is the biggest issue. And this might mess up our whole 53 if they put him on pup or, you know, they want to uh, save him for later in the year because he's not still not healthy. But to me, with the versatility, uh, waiting for J.C. Jackson to come back, keeping a fifth safety here in Mark Webb makes a ton of sense. Uh, and so I end up keeping Derwin James, Assir Adderley, J.T. Woods, Alohi Gilman, and Mark Webb here.
1: I have them keeping the same five. Uh, The one consideration, and you mentioned it, is maybe they put Webb on the pup, and they use that as the way to keep a guy like a Michael Bandy, who Mm -hmm. otherwise might not make it. I think that's maybe more likely than keeping three edge players, but Webb is a guy that I know they love. Um, I know they have big plans for him. They see him playing all over the defense. I think they're probably afraid they would lose him if if they cut him. I'm not sure they would. This is a guy who has, I think two games of tape last regular season, hardly played last preseason, hasn't played this preseason, isn't going to play this preseason. I don't think Mm
0: -hmm. And hasn't
1: been on the field throughout training camp, at least for the last like two weeks, two or three weeks. So um, to me, I think that's a guy who with such, with such an, um, a shortage of film on him being that he was like a seventh round pick and he's been so banged up. It doesn't seem like that's the kind of guy people would rush to pick up if you cut him. And you might be able to sneak him in the practice squad, but it's probably more likely if he's not ready to go that they put him on the pup and use that to carry somebody extra who earned it before they move them move that person down later.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely a candidate. And just going back to um, something I mentioned earlier, so they in 2020 is when the Chargers kept three safeties on the roster: Rayshon Jenkins, Nasir Adderley, and Aloha Gilman. Aren't we glad that we don't have to hear Rayshon so much anymore? Ugh. <laughs> so let's uh, let's look at uh, where our teams line up here. I'm gonna pull this up here. So we've got so here's my 53 here from defense offense. We got our special teams there lined up. Um, got my three edge players: Tito, Sebastian, Day. I've got Joe Gaziano, Michael Bandy down here. We pretty much got a lot of the same, but there are some differences. Here's Jamie's 53. Just a quick little look here. He's got Fahoko. And then I'm going to show you where we differ here. Let me see here. Because I I just put that together while we were kind of talking. Let's see. It's here. So here's, here's where we differ. I'm in the blue. Jamie's kind of in the magenta here. So I've got Nick Neiman. He's got Amon in the linebackers. I've got Gaziano, and he's got Fajoko. Jamie's got Jamal Davis here as a fourth edge, and I've got Michael Bandy. These numbers are obviously wrong, but I've got Michael Bandy here in the blue, and that's kind of where we differ. We picked uh, different linebackers a uh, different interior defensive lineman, and you got him keeping Jamal Davis as a fourth edge, and I got him keeping Michael Bandy as a six wide receiver. And By that way, is not it. Too different. No, no, not at all. And we'll kind of see as we go how it's gonna go after the game tomorrow. So that's our fifty-three part one. I'm sure we'll get on here and have something after the game maybe or jamie and i'll talk and figure that out but i know 53 cuts will happen soon so that's what we got so far in part one thank you so much everybody we appreciate you and we will see you next time
1: thanks everybody nailed at that time
0: jamie finally <laughs> finally